0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. 51551 is our text number. You heard there in the last few minutes, uh, resigning. Uh, she was reigning for, what, 45 days, but now she's the resigning uh, British Prime Minister, Liz Truss. She says, I recognise, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. 81,326 members of the Conservative Party uh, elected her, and who said 81,326 people can't be wrong? Nessa Parkinson. Nessa, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. You've, How are you doing? You've just heard this as well. What's, what yes. do you think? You're, where are you, where are you, you're, you're based in London. I'm in London, yeah, North London, yeah. I've been here for a long time now. Um, what can I say? We kind of, I woke up this morning and think this is bound to happen today after all the events that went on down in, the, in Parliament last night. I mean, the, it's just absolutely shocking, isn't it? Uh, the behaviour and, and the carry-on and the mess that the Conservative Party is in. But uh, she has caused absolute disaster over here. And, uh, you know, she's crashed the economy. She's ruined the pound. She's put hundreds of pounds on, on people's mortgages, mine included. I'm absolutely furious. And she comes out today and not so much as an apology. You know, it's not even just personally her fault. Well, it is personally her fault, but the whole Conservative Party that put her in there, knowing what a risk she was, she's an absolute loose cannon. Well, that's the, si- the system, and, and in fairness, the Labour Party in the UK have the same system as well. That's the system that elected Jeremy Corbyn. Um, but th- that's that's the system now. Now they're about to change it, and especially if there's an agreed candidate, they will see Jeremy Hunt, according to Sam Coates and Sky News, Jeremy Hunt has ruled himself out. Of standing well, for prime minister, so he'll stay. He'll stay yeah. as, um, as, chancellor, as chancellor, chancellor of the exchequer. You mentioned your mortgage. How much have you calculated, and what your mortgage will go up by? Oh, I can't even keep looking at it. But at least four hundred pounds a month. Yeah, at least four hundred pound a month. Okay, this yeah. is this is the short statement from Liz Truss ten minutes ago. I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent. And our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. And that's Joe at RT.ie, by the way, if you are listening uh, in, in the UK. Elizabeth Rhodes is a Labour Party councillor in Wakefield in Yorkshire. Uh, Elizabeth... Uh, most people were expecting it, though she had a very good performance. People said yesterday at a prime minister's questions. But um, what's what's the reaction? I'm sure it's joy where where you are, Elizabeth. Hello, Joe. Nice to speak to you. I listen to your program every day when I have the chance. Thanks very much. And uh, yes, um, I think most people after the situation in the House of Commons yesterday um, and what's happened in her her ownership as a, a PM for 44 days has been an absolute disgrace. And the people here that I represent, and I'm sure up and down the country, mm-hmm. who at the moment are in dire straits with food crisis, with the cost of energy, with an incompetent government, I think up and down the country there's going to be a sigh of relief that Liz Truss has gone. She showed herself to be incompetent. She showed herself not as a Prime Minister caring for the people of this country, to be aware of what was needed and only repeated over and over again, whatever she was questioned on, the same statement about growth in a country 
at the same time as she'd actually supported a budget which put the country in debt to £64 billion. Well, is, it, is it fair to say, Elizabeth, she, when she was travelling around in the hostings, and a lot of them were televised or well reported on, she was the populist candidate. She promised everything under the sun. Rishi Sunak said, we have to pay for this, taxes might have to go up. He was the realistic candidate in, 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 in that sense. But he was seen as, um, as dour and dull and uh, pessimistic. Where Liz Truss kept saying, we growth, 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 and she never talked about or never mentioned how we pay for it. And then when, when uh, the Kwasi Kwartang uh, introduced his, um, his budget, everything was in it except how you pay for it about how they, how they pay for it was borrowing. Is that, a, is that a lesson about populist politics? It certainly is, Joe, because in all, any hustings or during any campaign, and I from Cashel have been a proud Labour councillor for 38 years representing my area, but the one thing that everybody must agree and should actually say and do what they mean, you do not go out there promising what you can't mm-hmm. achieve because that's how you become popular. But in the real, the real world, you can't deliver on promises and the actions that came out as a result of Liz and the way that she had her campaign. And quite rightly, quite rightly, there is a situation now where I've just heard on TV, the same as the world news, uh, in a week's time, they're supposed mm. to have a prime minister in place. Yeah. Now, in our country here, we have the 1922 committee of the Tory party, who actually have sat down this morning and decided that in a week, contrary to the constitution already in place that Liz Truss and Sunak and those went through, in a week they're going to have a a quick campaign to put a next leader PM in place. And that is not going to give even their members the chance to vote. So the sooner that we get round to having a campaign in this country and put forward the idea, which is a sound idea and sound politics, that we actually say it's a general election that we need for the people of this country to have their say on what government they want for the future. And as it stands at the moment, Joe, the way that this government has over, not just over this trusses, uh, 44 days, but in recent years, the scandals, the party gate, everything that's gone on, I do hope that we have the chance as a country and as a people to put forward our views that says enough is enough. We need sound leadership. We need sound Mm. fiscal policies. We don't need anybody, and I mean anybody, and I would say this in my own party as well. We do not need anybody standing up there and making promises without knowing where the money is going to come from. It's hard enough at the moment, Joe, up Mm. and down this country. We have food banks in this day and age with working people going to food banks. We've got teachers. I heard about this yesterday. We have teachers. We have professional people now going to food banks. As local members and local councillors, we are aware of our people now through this terrible, non-fiscally looked-at policy of people now having to find an extra five to six hundred pounds a month to pay for their mortgage. And before long, my fear is that we could actually go into negative equity again and we'll have people who can't afford to pay for the roof over their head, to pay for food on the table and for energy to keep their house if they have a house left to keep warm. But the problem for the Labour Party is that given that Liz Truss has announced a resignation um, in the last few minutes, it means there will not be a general election. They have an 80-seat majority. The Tories trounced Labour in the last election. Now, I know part of that trouncing in the UK is because of uh, the force past the post system, which is which is mm-hmm. very very unbalanced. But the Labour Party support the force past the post uh, system as well. But they have an eighty seat majority, and they're not going to give that give that up or lose that fairly quickly. They're going to go for a new leader within seven days. I presume agreed or a, almost a, a co leadership uh, arrangement, a bit like our own situation here. And remember, they mm-hmm. did they did mm-hmm. follow our own our own. I know there's, it's one party, but the Tory party have proven that there's a number of different serious serious wings in the in the party with great differences. Elizabeth, does does Brexit come into this at all? The turmoil in the UK? I, I, yes, certainly. I think it does, Joe. Um, since uh, 
the change in, in the regulations and when we went to leave the European Union, um, there again, uh, the Tory party and the negotiations with Brussels um, made a real, real mess of those negotiations and then started to blame um, Brussels. Uh, we certainly have suffered over here in terms of not only the cost of living as it is now, but all the way the sanctions in terms of what could and couldn't be done. And at the same time, um, we then had the government here uh, reneging on some of the issues to do with uh, the completion of the protocol for Northern Ireland. So there are lots of issues around, and I think when the people here... Uh, and, and I know over in Ireland, I've been over there three times this year over to Cashel. Um, I know the, the difference that uh, people here are seeing in terms of the implications of Brussels. We, they know about the protocol, we know about the protocol. Everything that they've gone to do in terms of the benefit of the people which is what they've campaigned on yeah, through the referendum has not happened, Joan. But it's part of the problem that the Labour Party effectively... Uh, supported Brexit and Keir Starmer, well, Jeremy Corbyn was very, very quiet during the campaign and, mm-hmm. the, Labour, and the Brexit campaign in 2016. And also that Keir Starmer has said Brexit is not, is not up for discussion. We're out, we're out. Well, that's, that's the other thing about it, Joe. To go now and rewind all that has been, um, I think, mismanaged by the Tory government uh, is a massive, massive issue. And at the moment, I think, and and I'll I'll speak personally as a Labour member, and I'm sure my party as well, we would want really to concentrate at this particular time, not not reneging on looking at what's needed to complete the protocol for Northern Ireland. But we've got to look at now the state that this country is in. We nearly crashed, and everybody's pension fund on that particular day nearly, nearly crashed if the Bank of England hadn't stepped in. Okay. And they've done it twice. Stay with, stay with us, Elizabeth. I mentioned Brexit. Fintan O'Toole uh, of the Irish Times, a uh, literary editor. Uh, but Fintan, remind me, please, if you can, I hope you can, of, remember that article you wrote, if you, think, if you think Boris Johnson was bad, if you think... You had a whole sequence of, if you think, Dave, <laughs> if you think David Cameron was... Well, yeah. Uh, I think what I said when, when she was elected was that she would make Boris Johnson look like a political genius, that she would She make. has. Theresa May looked like a a, 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 a beacon of eloquence. Uh, she would make Cameron look like a, a great exemplar of sincerity or something along those lines. You know, it, it does seem that the only function of every successive British Prime Minister in recent years has been to make their idiotic predecessor look better. <laughs> it, 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 it is extraordinary, isn't it, that a country, you know, I know we've got a very complicated relationship with Britain, but also, you know, a lot of admiration for, a lot of respect for, uh, it really is terrible, you know, how since 2016 um, that country has got itself into such a state where arguably mm-hmm. it's now had worst four prime ministers in its entire history in quick succession. And God knows what the next one will be like. I mean, it, it really is a terrible business. And you, you, you put a lot of it down to Brexit and you've written about this. You've written a number of books, in fact. But, but expand on, on how you believe Brexit is at the, at the root of a lot of this, this chaos. Yeah, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Joe, but I, I remember vividly on the morning that Brexit vote, you know, I was up watching it, of course, and, you know, when they on BBC, you know, that, that we're out, you know, and... I just had this image in my head that just came into my head of, um, you know that trick that some people try to do where they pull the tablecloth off a table with, and yeah. they can leave all the delf yeah, yeah, <laughs> still yeah. standing on it. Have you ever seen that being done by a drunk? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that, 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 that's, that's what it reminded me of in a way, that they were, they thought you could remove an entire layer of government of law, of ways of doing things that have been there for 50 years. You could just pull that out and you could leave all the all the cups and saucers standing and they would they would crash, you know. And I think it was obvious enough at the time that because, and this is not even necessarily whether you think Brexit was a good idea or a bad idea. Mm-hmm. It's it's the way it was done. You know, it was it was this idea of telling people that you were you were doing something very profound, which you were going to have all the benefits that you had before, 
wasn't going to discommode you in any way, um, and that this was the beginning of a new golden age. And, and none of it thought through, not even really the, the back of an envelope, no real sense of, 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 of what, what the consequences of this might be. And, and, and it, was but, a, it was a dishonest populist campaign. It was, it was completely dishonest. You know, I mean, so, again, you know, to stress, people have an absolute right to vote. It was a democratic yeah. decision. Uh, and and, and I, we, we all respect that. But, but you, you, you have to have the honesty to tell people what the upside is and what the downside is. You know, if you compare it, say, to the Scottish independence referendum in 2014, so two years before that, the SNP, you know, obviously wanted Scotland to be independent. There was a big referendum. They produced a 900-page document, right, which said, this is what Scottish independence looks like as far as we think, right? And, you know, you can, you can then, you can read this and you can decide, do you think we've given you a good answer to that or not? And actually, they probably paid the price for their honesty because people started picking that apart and saying, well, actually, I don't think you've made a very good case about the currency or foreign policy or defence or, you know... But, but but remember, the whole Brexit campaign was was just we don't need to talk about anything because it's all going to be fantastic. It's it's you know as as uh, um, Mogg said, you know this is this is Agincourt. You know it's it's mm. crazy. It's Waterloo. You know and we're fed. What was it? The famous Michael Gove when we're fed up of experts. We're fed up with experts. People don't don't want to hear any experts. You know we, 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 we've had enough of those. You had I, I was listening to you recently over the last twenty four hours actually, Fintan. You have stats, economic stats comparing. The UK and Germany post Brexit, uh, or pre Brexit and post Brexit. Well, th- th- this was actually Mark Carney, who was the governor of the Bank of okay. England up to very recently. And, and, and Carney, I, I heard him being asked about uh, Brexit, and so I, I, I couldn't possibly comment as a you know, former Bank of <laughs> senior public servants and Bank of England. I, I, I wouldn't want to say anything. I will just say this in 2016, mm-hmm. the British economy was 90% the size of the German economy. Now it's seventy percent. Wow. You know, it's, it's a shocking statistic, and you know the the problem with this, and, and this is trust, and you know the whole chaos that there is a symptom of this. But the really deep problem is that, of course, they're not talking about it. You know that that it can't be addressed. Uh, you know, it's just not possible to really talk about what these effects are. A lot of it, of course, was was very much kind of got mixed up with COVID and the effects of COVID. Yeah. yeah. So, so people weren't necessarily seeing what was happening. But if you look at what's just going on now at the moment, uh, we always have to remember, Joe, that this is, this is not a big, high, you know, abstract issue. This is hitting ordinary people, you know, can't afford it. Food prices. Like, yeah. anybody who knows anything about Britain knows that it's been a major supporter of food since the 19th century, right? It doesn't produce enough food for itself. It imports food, and one of its major... Um, Sources of food is, is 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 the European Union, you know, Ireland, for example. You know, and what what happens, of course, is that because of all the messing and everything that's gone on, you know, all of this stuff has become more difficult. You know, everything has become, uh, you know, just 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 uh, loaded with extra cost, extra difficulty, and at a time of you know already kind of crisis with inflation and everything else, you know, this, this, this is really kind of leading them into a situation where, yes, they're experiencing all the same problems that we are and that everybody else is because of Ukraine and, 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 and because of the, the aftermath of COVID, but they have this extra problem, which is entirely self-inflicted. Okay, you were correct in, in when you wrote that column when Liz Truss was elected, um, saying if you thought uh, Boris was... Uh, Bad. Uh, he's a genius compared to Liz Truss, etc., etc. What's the, what's the, what's your opening line now for the future post Liz Truss? Well, you know, I I I think they have an election, don't they? I mean, you know, this idea that cocked something now and try to you know get in the back room and pose somebody else as the prime minister. You know, you wouldn't get away with that in Ireland, though. You know, uh, and God knows mm. we've, had, we've had our own problems in terms of the way our politics works. But you simply couldn't be at two removes now from somebody who won an election. You know? uh, and I mean, to turn around and say to people, um, you know, we, we've now decided that Rishi Sunak or it's Jeremy Hunt or, well, or, or well, whoever well, it is. Well, you know? we do the same here, Fenton. 
We're about, we're about to change Taoiseach in, in six weeks. But, but, but at least it refers to an election, Joe. You know, I mean, at least that represents okay. the outcome of an election. Right, it was a you know strange outcome of the election, and you know we, we, we ended up with it. But it does relate to an election, you know. Whereas what, what's what's happening in Britain now, and this is the ultimate irony. If you remember, the big uh, slogan for Brexit was "Take back control." Yeah, you know, yeah. the idea that people were taking back control. That's a very and attractive sovereignty. idea. You know, but yeah. I mean, who's who's in control? Nobody's in control, first of all. And, and, and to, the, to the degree to which control is being exercised, it's increasingly being exercised by cabals within within Tory party. You know? So I, I really okay. hope they have an election. And, and uh, I, you know, to, to be quite honest, the only possibility to get Britain out of this is a Labour government. Okay, okay, Fintan O'Toole of the Irish Times. Thanks indeed. Callum Miller. Callum is on holidays in Clare. He's from uh, East Kilbride, uh, just below Glasgow. Uh, Callum, you've just heard the news, I presume, in the last uh, 40 minutes that the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom and Northern Ireland has resigned. Um, what's your reaction, Callum? Well, I'm glad to see her going, uh, to be honest. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, there's a Scottish question here. The, this is another boost for independence, surely. Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, has now seen off four Prime Ministers. God knows how many uh, other types of ministers that have kept resigning. And famously, during the campaign to become Prime Minister, Trust said that she would ignore Nicola Sturgeon. Well, she doesn't need to ignore her because she's already out. But the point is that Scotland uh, hasn't voted for a Conservative since 1955. I'm 62, so that's my whole lifetime. And then they've dragged us out of Brexit. We relied too on the independence campaign, told us that we'd have to leave the EU if we voted yes, and it turned out to be the opposite. So uh, there's new polls out saying it's more than 50% now that people want to leave. But this just adds another boost. For me, as someone who wants to leave, I'm very happy because this just gives a perfect example of the absolutely atrocious, undemocratic system they have in Westminster, uh, they, they have a big majority of the Tories, but they don't only get 40-odd percent of the vote. Where in Scotland, the First Minister oh. and the Greens have over 50 percent. But Callum, so Callum does, does the chaos in in, uh, in the Tory party, the best description of them, and is the chaos, and obviously the government, uh, but it does, it does the chaos, which is now, as Fintan O'Toole said, if you look back, you go back to Brexit 216, you go back to David Cameron resigning, then Theresa May, then Boris Johnson, now Liz Truss. He said the four worst prime ministers uh, the, the Britain has, right. ever, has ever had now. But does it propel, push forward, the campaign for an independent Scotland? Absolutely not. I'm a member of the SNP uh, and I have to say there's more of a groundswell than people might imagine because you don't get it in the national press. For example, you don't see the the bikers for independence, the people more small marches. If you've got 10,000 people marching in say Inverness or 20,000 Dumfries, if you were to equivalent that uh, with the, the size of the country UK, that'd be 200,000 300,000 on a march. But they're not telling the people about it and I think the people, is, for me it's great I do not think the people in England and Westminster really understand because it's groundswell stuff, people are doing this and they've been doing it since 2014, it's not just one event, it's not well, It's not just SNP, SNP are only a tiny part of the independence movement so the groundswell of people the good thing is, all those who might have been humming and hawing deciding whether or not uh, mm -hmm. what's better and what's worse, they can now see quite clearly, we can do better than this. There's no... And the, and the fact that this, the vast majority now, it's up to 71%, of people want to go back into the EU, which we, we never wanted to leave in the first place. So for Scotland, I cannot see this being anything but a, a bigger boost and they can't go back and say, oh, but if there is, if, if, if there is a general election, Callum, what are the chances of the Labour Party committing to another Scottish referendum? Not a chance because they thought. need, they need the, the Scottish resources. Remember, Scotland exports all its resources. Well, in fact, it's basically stolen. Scotland pays more for its electricity than it gives to London. They get, uh, they get a reduced rate because they're closer to the nearest substation. 
But you could you could watch outside your window and see an offshore wind farm, and it comes in, goes to a big power station, go back to you pay more than the person in London does. We are getting our resources stolen by England, and it is England because England and Wales basically, uh, but it's Westminster. Labour will not uh, allow. This is the problem. Do not allow. So it's not a, a, a union of uh, equals. If you don't allow them, they're basically a prisoner of uh, the United Kingdom. And people are seeing that more and more in Scotland. Uh, the people that you talk to, I'm a driver, and I speak to a lot of young people, okay. they are far more aware now than they were in 2014. And they're more likely to vote now than they were in 2014. So I think the people down there in Westminster, and a lot of big people who so-called follow these things, are not really seeing what's happening. And I okay. think there'll be a big surprise. OK, you enjoying your holidays in Ireland, Callum? Thank you very much. You enjoyed them. You enjoyed the rest of John, John Scanlon in Derbyshire. John, you're pro-Brexit. Um, who do you normally vote for, can I ask? Uh, like, I'm usually a, a floating voter, Joe, and the last time I voted was Conservative, but that was for tactical reasons. OK. Um, what, what's your analysis of the Liz Trust debacle, the 45-day Premiership? Well, you know what? I'm glad she's gone, to be honest with you. And... Uh, well, I do feel for her as a person, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I have to think about her feelings as well. But her job, she's hopeless at the job. As a person, I hope she goes back now and reads a book and relaxes for a couple of days. But I do think the whole thing was a complete joke. And uh, the Conservative Party, well, I think they're going out with the dinosaurs now. And what's the, what's the, what, John, what does politics here, everyone here knows who... The Taoiseach, the Tarnish, the, the Minister of Finance, Foreign Affairs, etc. is In the UK, that's not always the case. How connected um, are people to Westminster? How connected are people on the ground to what's happening in 10 Downing Street and 11 Downing Street? Well, in, in my village here, our MP has his office, so you see it daily. Okay. And even when the last MP, who was Labour, um, Ruth George, you could see her every day. She's a mother in the, in the village here. Okay. You know, you do see them, you know what I mean? They are available. So is there going to be a general election, do you think? I hope so. What would you like, sorry? You'd like a general election? Yeah, I would. uh, I don't know. I think the big two have messed up. um, Because do you remember the time the dam was breaking here in Whaley Bridge? And we had all the politicians running up. You had uh, Corbyn and Boris. They were all here shaking hands with us. And I had a word with Mr. Corbyn. And I said, uh, excuse me, sir. He said, what's the story with, with the Brexit? And he says, you know, the people will get what the people voted for. Now, that was the leader of the Labour Party said that to me. Do you still, Sorry, support, I, do you still support Brexit? I, I think I have to, but the only, the only thing that I've uh, I felt personally from Brexit is uh, every time I go back to Dublin, I get you duty-free. You get more duty-free. Have, <laughs> have, have you noticed any difference on the ground in your day-to-day life because of Brexit and the availability of products in the supermarket or prices in the supermarket? Uh, but you see, I People think this is a local problem, a micro problem. It's not. It's a macro problem. It's in all countries in the world at the minute. But yet the prices here have gone through the roof. Like the gas, the telly, everything. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just think it's not just a, a micro problem. But I'm glad she's gone. Like I said, I feel sorry for her. But who would you like to see replace her given that you are pro-Brexit? Ronald McDonald would be better. Okay, okay. okay. Seriously, because okay. There's, there's, there's only one clown left. Except you haven't put in there. Okay. Well, it's the truth. Well, well, it's the truth. As I said last week, it's the true democracy in the UK. Everyone gets a chance to be Prime Minister. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent and our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, Given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. 
I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. Tell Liz Truss has resigned, um, which is going within seven days. Betty, as British Prime Minister, big implications for here. Betty Mitchell's in Birmingham. Betty, was she not dogged from day one? Within 48 hours of being elected Prime Minister, the Queen dies and Britain goes into mourning for a full fortnight. Well, Jim, uh, Joe, as far as I'm concerned, from the moment that clown, Boris Johnson, got in, all he ever did was tell lies, and it's eventually a liar will always be found out. They'll always be caught up with. And, I mean, that was no way to run a country with lies when talking about getting to Brexit, first of all. I mean, Brexit should never have happened. And everybody rushed in to, oh, out of the, you know, united... But the latest, the latest opinion poll shows that if the, if the members of the Tory party were to vote again for a new leader within the next week, they'd elect Boris Johnson. Well, I certainly won't be voting no, for no, him. And I, I just... Joe, I, I'm not a political animal. I try to under as best I can, understand as best I can. All I know is from the moment he came in, everything went pear-shaped. He, just, he was allowed to get away with murder. He took people's lives into his yeah, own hands. but hand. remember, Betty, whether you like it or not, he won, he, he, he won a he landslide won. in 2019 Fine. by 80 but, seats. Now, I know that, in fairness, the percentage of the vote, the difference in the percentage vote between Labour and the Tories in 2019 was about 2%, but they have I, a first-past-the-post system, so it's completely skewed. But anyway, he, he, um, he, he was elected, but Liz Truss has gone. Would you prefer a, a general election or... I would certainly say a general election yeah, now, Joe, because they cannot keep going on making fools of, of us all. We are a nation of individuals, and it's not just for them. They're there to do their job in, in Parliament, not to dictate to us what they want and what they don't want. Okay. As far as Liz Trust is concerned, I don't think she should have ever been yeah, elected. Viviani, in fairness to... Uh uh, who was a John Scanlon? Like he, he, he did see the human. Like for anyone to be done, for anyone want to get such high offices, an incredible, uh, an incredible <laughs> achievement. But to be dumped so unceremoniously, so quickly, it must be an awful blow. No, she'd be well, she'd be well compensated, but. Well, I'm not worried how she's compensated. Okay. How are they going to compensate the, the rest of people who are struggling, the people with mortgages? Okay, but good there's point. another point, point, Joe, yeah. also I'd like to make. Everybody, and even in Ireland, all over the world, we, we all think we're entitled to have everything. I lived in the 70s, Joe. Yeah. I had four children and a dog, and I held down five jobs. I never went to anyone for assistance or benefits. I just made my way through the world in very difficult times. But what we didn't have, we went without. And that's what I, and I say it to my own children, my grandchildren now, when they're lavishing big presents on all the children, big money for this, big money for that, big money for weddings. It's totally, we're all living beyond our means. Okay. When you think of the third world and you look in the pictures of the third world, the animals lying dead in, in the uh, streets, people not able to eat or drink. Well, Somalia, people lying dead in the streets. OK, Betty, thanks, Anita. That's Betty, Betty Mitchell in Birmingham. If you are trying to contact us from the UK, the best uh, way is the email, joe at rt.ie, with your phone number, we ring you back. You can also get us on a WhatsApp number, which is uh, 0876-0035387-184370. Back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Maura Gallagher. Maura, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. How are you keeping? Yes, I'm keeping well, thank you. Okay. You want to clarify, rightly so, a couple of uh, 
points about uh, your son Niall Horan's appearance in the TV documentary that's that was on on Sunday night and is now going on Prime. And as you probably heard, it got a bit of criticism here, though there was a lot of pushback on it. Um, and the criticism was because Niall Horan and Lewis Capaldi, but primarily Niall, was such a, a hero figure for so many young people, he should not have been drinking Guinness. You know the argument, Maura. Um, does, do you know if he was drinking Guinness in that TV programme, Maura? I, I know we saw him holding the glass. Yes. I, I, I forget, actually, but it, it was zero, zero. Okay. All the way. <laughs> Not then. And how do you know that? Well, well, I can only, well, really, I can okay. only speak for the part when he came to Mullingar and he was in the Oh, you were there. Okay, okay. I, I was there and zero, zero was given. and But I couldn't have it because I'm a celiac, but... Okay. My husband did taste it and said it was lovely. Yeah, they say it's very so, similar to the Guinness. Do, do, yes. do, does Niall, does Niall Horan drink Guinness? Does he drink? Does he drink more? He does, he does drink. Yeah. I think he's partial to a good pint of Guinness. Okay. Yes. Okay. And he's still very young. He's only 29, as you know. His birthday there was last, yes. last, last month. But, but... Yes. Um, you 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 you're upset, I presume, about the fact that this has been focused in on the whole Guinness connection. Do you do you think that's unfair to Niall? Well, people are entitled to their opinion, but yeah. uh, when I heard it was coming on, uh, and I couldn't wait to see Niall and Lewis. Now yeah. maybe I'm a bit biased. I watched <laughs> the show the other night yeah. and. Guinness didn't come into my head at all. I was just laughing at the two of them and their carry-on. And, you know, like, I know they've been visit Guinness. and um, But the fact that they were sitting maybe with a couple of glasses or pints of Guinness in their hand, that okay. didn't doesn't register, we'll say, with me. I don't go deep into... OK, that's, that's fair you enough. Know, that's fair enough. Things. I was I was reading an interview today with Danny O'Reilly. You know Danny from the Coronas, that great band. Uh, it's in oh, hot yeah. press, and he was saying he he pals around with Niall when they're in London. Yeah. And he yeah. said is and Danny is big himself, so it's, uh, very popular. But Danny said he could not get over how well known Niall Horan is. He cannot <laughs> he cannot go anywhere. Where uh, and I just wonder and he has he has cracked America. And one of the yeah. reasons I think he's cracked him, I don't know much about this business more, maybe you do, but the, the, one of the reasons I think he's cracked America and he's going to be the new judge on The Voice is that he, anytime he's on those chat shows in America, he's very entertaining and he's very charming. So my question is, do you, as his mother, do you sometimes say, is he really as big as everyone else says he is? Because he is. Do you realise how big your son is in the world stage? I do, but um, it's a little bit, um, you know, you, you just have to kind of let it over the top of my head. Or okay. <laughs> Do you know? I don't know. Yeah. It's just, it's strange, like being his mother and looking at him on the television. And, oh, I'd have grinned from one ear to the other. And, you know, when you think of him as a world, yeah. a world star, it's... Mind blowing, really. You know, and even <laughs> to it, me, he's just yeah. nile. You know, well, of course he is. Of course he is. And you, do you still give out to him? Uh, I don't have reason <laughs> to give out to him. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very, he's a very well behaved. But even, even when you were filming in Mullingar for that documentary, yeah. I presume yeah. they couldn't tell people where they were filming, or the place would have been mobbed. No, they couldn't. And nah, he, he was telling me, "Don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone." Yeah. I felt terrible. And how does he cope with the adulation? How does he, he cope with... Sorry, he, the... he copes very well, actually. Uh, you know, he had... There was security people there that day. Yeah, he take it, you know, outside when he was seen outside with Lewis. They'd take it in their stride, you know, and they yeah. wave and all the rest and then go into wherever they're going in. And sure, it was as packed inside as it was outside. Of course it was. And even, even when they did that spontaneous, it's in the documentary, when they did that spontaneous piece with the busker at the top of Grafton yeah, Street. Yeah, yeah. You saw how the, the crowd... Cr- incredible. 
within, the crowd gathered round fairly within, quick. Within seconds, within. What does he when he comes home to his mammy, Mara, and he's sitting in the house? What does he like? What does he say? I'd love a a fry or a packet of tater or a bit of your brown bread or a bit of your apple tart or... <laughs> well, he, he he eats very healthy for my... Yeah, obviously, Compared yeah. to me, do you know, he, he really does. He's very much into salads and uh, chicken and, you know, maybe a bolognese, but... Okay. Um, you know, I think the day of the cabbage and bacon, I think that's gone for <laughs> Niall, you know. <laughs> and He's been to too many countries. Yeah, and does he like your bolognese? Do you do a special bolognese? Uh, no, I don't. I just do an ordinary one. No, he, no, he would make it from scratch. I'd make oh, it out great. of a jar. <laughs> oh, he's a good cook, is he? He's a fantastic cook. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. He's a fantastic cook, yeah. And he'd yeah. make his own bolognese. We do it from scratch. The he'd make his the own sauce, sauce yeah. the oregano, yeah. every all the the, the yeah. herbs. He'd make he'd make his own dressings for salad. He, you know, do everything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's <laughs> another little Ma- bit of information. <laughs> yes. And and Maura is. <laughs> I know he's your gorgeous son, and you've another son as well. But they, he, and and it's, uh, but he's done. Niall has done, and I should. I I hope I mentioned this that Niall actually did say in one of his tweets about the documentary that part of his fee will be going to charity. Now he's a very he's a big affection for the, the and he's done an incredible amount for a lot of charities throughout the world, but also for the Irish Autism uh, Society. So he has yeah. he has a big heart, hasn't he? He has a big heart for we any any like illness or charity like that. Mm-hmm. You know he, you know you can, I can see it on his face when he tells me about them, be it cancer, autism, yeah. the elderly people. Because my own mother is, you know, she's ninety two, which okay. is nanny, and you know he thinks she's just the greatest thing, and <laughs> she's flying it. I'm sure. Shad. how is she keeping? She's great, Joe. Brilliant, yeah. brilliant, She's brilliant. very good, yeah. Very alert, very with it. And, you know, was so excited for him the other night on the television. Oh, she watched it, did she? Oh, indeed, she wouldn't miss it. <laughs> she sounds, she, she's, she's even more prouder of him than you are at this stage. She sounds well, like, an incredible well, she, woman. <laughs> she's definitely, uh, when we're anywhere, it, it's the uh, proud granny, you know, the famous, the famous granny. You know, and they, I'm just the mother standing beside her. <laughs> and what's Granny's first name? Margaret. Margaret. And, and did you call her Nana or Granny or Granny Margaret? Or is ah, Nana? Uh, uh, nanny. Nanny, nanny, nanny. Now, now, uh, Mar, I mentioned about the the documentary and the whole thing about. Uh, the Guinness scenario. We want to point out one when you were there at the filming. It was it was Guinness zero zero uh, that that he was drinking. But going back to his fame, I remember interviewing Larry Mullen's father, gorgeous man, Larry Mullen Senior of mm. U two, and their house in Artane uh, is where U two were found and is where Larry lived um, with Alice until till Larry died a number of years ago. Larry Senior. But he used to get uh, fans coming from Japan, Maura, from Australia, from New Zealand. And he had a hedge in his garden. It was a corner house. He had a hedge in his garden. And they used to take bits of the hedging. Now, he, they, also, <laughs> they also used to knock on the hall door. And he would bring them in. Do you get people, do you get fans landing in Mullingar? Now, Mullingar is a bit harder to find than our team. But yeah, do, do you get yeah. fans coming to you? Well, he, they used to come to the gate all right but uh, I lived uh, the house was back in in the drive Okay, there were electric gates I was lucky but his dad got them sitting outside his house on his wall coming from Germany America Australia you know and and if they thought Nile was around they'd be sitting on the wall all the youngsters and and, and singing in the letterbox (laughs) (laughs) And more when when well you're still a young woman and Nanny is only ninety two Nanny Margaret That's all. so she's young as well. But who did you who what musicians were you interested in when you were? Well, you're still still growing up. Yeah. We're all still growing up. But what musicians did you follow? I loved the Eagles. Ah, magic! 
Yeah, I loved the Eagles. They are, oh, I had every tape back then, and uh, then there were CDs. I, I, I bought them all, and I wow. remember years, years ago, the record shop in Mullingar had a poster up um, adver- of the Eagles advertising um, the Eagles, and I asked for it and got it. <laughs> and did you, have you got to see them live? They were here about six months ago. I saw them a few years ago. Okay. It must have been before lockdown. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> well, they're, the, they're the biggest selling band ever in the in the in USA. People people forget that the biggest selling. But um, um, Niall Horan is not far behind at this stage. Has has he told you about the voice and? He'd be working in the States, and that's a big, big oh, yes. gig. That's yes. a big, big gig. Oh, and then he said, don't tell anyone till it comes out, so... Yeah, well, it's good, but... You, I can't, I can't Mar, tell you're, anyone until it comes you're, out. You're great at keeping secrets. You really are. You really are. I might be good, but I might get, have two friends at the end, too many friends. Well, I see. Never told me. Well, I'm looking at the screen here, Maura, and I see your neighbours in Mullingar saying you are still the most down-to-earth, likeable person and you still say hello to everybody. The, the fame of your, the incredible fame of your son um, is um, it hasn't hasn't made a difference to you or someone said or to Nanny Margaret either so well done by the way I'm reading out a question here from one of our team members Maura so it's not yeah. Joe it's not Joe Duffy's question you're not to give out to me now uh, is no. this this is from one of our team members uh, she is about 29 years of age and she wants to know is Niall seeing anyone yes oh he is no, he is. And is that is that a recent well, news? No, I think it has been. Okay, he has been seen before, and oh, okay. he brought her home to my oh, garden. You, you've, you've met her, have you? I have indeed. She's a lovely girl. And where's she from? She's from England, and okay. she's not in the business, so that's a good one. <laughs> okay, because he was he was linked, as they always always are with a with a. A number of people over the years, wasn't he? Yes, and no, she's not known. She wouldn't be known. She's not in the oh, business she, at all. She's not in the business, but she's met Mammy Mora. She has met Mammy Mora, and, and Mammy Mora is impressed. Yes, very okay. much. So. Now, a more important question, Mora: Has she met Nanny Margaret? She has indeed oh. met, met Nanny Margaret. <laughs> Sat <laughs> in the kitchen with everything. <laughs> Mammy leaves everything on the table at hand, you know, because she's, you know, the way older people yeah, leave yeah, everything. Yeah. So there was, you know, she pushed back a few bits of things to put down the cup. <laughs> so uh, it was, yeah, you spend your time in the kitchen, really, don't you? Of course you? you do, of course you do. So she got the approval of Nanny Margaret and um, Nanny, uh, Mammy Mara. Do you want to give me, don't give me her full name, do you want to give me her first name? No, I'm not name? giving a name at all. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> I'm only asking for a friend here, Mara. Oh, I'm yeah, not... yeah. Okay, so so you think, you think, just to, you think, by the way, is there, see, I think, from what your description of Nanny Margaret, sitting in her kitchen, She's queen of our kitchen and she has everything to hand and she has the tea made when, when Niall brings the, the young woman home. She yes. might, but she wouldn't say, Niall, you're 29, any, any sign of a wedding in Mullingar? No, and I, and be no point in me saying that either. I said, Jesus, don't get married. <laughs> but Maury, you think you want to point out and clear clear up that uh, Niall, your son, your gorgeous son, was... Um, and Nanny Margaret's grandson. He was drinking zero zero Guinness. It wasn't the alcoholic Guinness. It wasn't alcoholic Guinness, and he wasn't drinking and driving or any uh, of that course. sort of thing. Okay. Yeah. And, and he, uh, to be honest, my even friends said it was a lovely show. They never mentioned the fact that Guinness. Now maybe we overlooked it, but um, that's the way it was. It was just to see Nile and Lewis. Yeah. You know, and and you think the programme did a good job for Ireland and for Mullingar especially? Ah, it did. Of course it did. You know, yeah. well, it, all these fans and everyone, you know, it gave everyone an insight into the guitar factory up in Louth, where yeah. it were. 
you know, all these places. And it was lovely to see Niall bringing Lewis to these places and the laughs and the, all the rest. I had sure I was laughing half the time. Okay, well, um, kind regards, Maura. Your feet are still on the ground. Uh, kind oh, reg- very much so, kind, Joe. <laughs> and, and I can tell you, well, I think I said it. Do you, do you, and in fairness to Kevin, who raised the issue with the Guinness sponsorship, he, his point was, uh, he said, I know how big Niall Horan is to that age group. They just absolutely love him. And did you, yeah. did you think it's now, he's 29, did you think looking back, well, what age was he in the X Factor, 16? Um, 16, yeah. Mar, did you, did you ever think that he that never. he would never? Never in a million years. It actually <laughs> took a lot out of me when it happened. You know, I, I, I got so anxious and everything because all of a sudden you had to be doing interviews and, you know, meeting meetings in England because they were underage. He was underage and I... I you know, yeah. when you're thrown into that, yeah, yeah. and I'd be, you know, very quiet. I wouldn't have huge confidence for public, you know, yeah, and all yeah. that sort of thing. Or even speaking on the radio, so hopefully I sound OK. Because people, you're brilliant. Because, Maura, because he was only, uh, my my three are 27 years of age and I still worry about them as you do. But I can't. When they were sixteen, they were they were in mm. fifth or sixth year or whatever, and you'd you'd worry sick about them if they went out at night. But your son yes. was became a superstar at sixteen. Yes, but they were very well minded and looked after. They had fantastic security all right, the time. Right, right. You know, you didn't really have to worry about the dangers of the outside world. Just you know, you feel sorry for him if he was sick or oh, I can't get near him to give him a hug or a hot drink yeah. or, you know, well, things like that. But well, he's he been thr- well-minded. He's, well, Maura is an incredible now and it's a credit to you and, and uh, everyone involved in wearing him, including Nanny Margaret, that um, he's kept his feet on the ground. Hasn't he, he? He has. He really has, you know, to be honest. But we're very, I suppose, ordinary yeah. people. I didn't like I could have gone with the fame and lost probably the head but no I don't you couldn't pay me to change Joe. I I, I don't know how to. Do you know that sort yeah, of way? Yeah. I, I really don't know how to. Well well many many more years of health and happiness to you and to Nanny Margaret and to your son and Niall to his, and, and to the rest and of your my family. other son Greg. Greg and yeah his, and yeah, poor Greg gets. Uh, Greg is older. And yeah, yeah. No, he's so proud of Niall. Of oh God, love him. Yeah, so proud of him. And he's a great ambassador for Ireland as well, and especially in yeah. all his charity work. Okay, Mara Gallagher, yeah. Mara, thanks, thanks indeed. Um, kind You're regards, kind regards to Nanny Margaret. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Now, don't be, don't be too anxious that he that he'll settle down. He's plenty of time. He's plenty yeah, of time, and as you say, he's his current partner. Now you won't tell me your name, but his current partner, your, your yourself, and Nanny Margaret had given her the seal of approval. Oh yes, and his father and oh, brilliant brother and everybody. Okay. Uh, Joe, I just want to say that I'm not. I wouldn't make little of anyone's opinion on yeah. your program. Of I know Kevin was. Is it Kevin the man? Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he. You know, he had a serious point. He had a serious but, point, uh, but his own issues. Yeah. God, he he had, and God love him, and everyone that has a, a drink problem. Yeah, okay, but, well said, well said. You know. Well said. And thanks for making that point to finish, Maura. Uh, Maura, kind, kind regards, and... Um, uh, you're in good health, and Nanny Nanny Margaret's in good health at 92, great age, and yes. um, and kind regards to Niall as well, um, because ah, he's thank you. great about. Mara, you mind yourself, Petal. Mind. Us. I will indeed. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. Joe. Okay. Thank you, Mara. That's Mara okay. Gallagher, uh, the mother. Well, Mara Gallagher. No, that's Mara Gallagher, the daughter of Nanny Margaret. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815.
And back to the resignation of uh, Liz Truss as British Prime Minister, leader of the uh, Conservative Party. Anna Soubry is on the line. Anna, good afternoon. Former Tory Party MP, you you opposed, you were one of the main people, uh, some people say very courageously opposing Brexit. You're now leader leader of the Independent Group for Change. Did you see... No, because we we folded after the 2019 election, so I'm out of Parliament. Okay, you're... I'm fairly normal. Yeah, but you're still involved in public life. What do you think, Anna? <laughs> Anna, of did you see this coming? Yep, I, I couldn't. I couldn't see her lasting. Last night was so bad, yeah. really serious. I mean, it was bad enough when Sue. Look, everything's been really bad, but then uh, losing the Home Secretary in those circumstances—that was like a, that escalated things, accelerated things. Mm-hmm. And then the scenes from the House of Commons, which I'm, I'm assuming you and your listeners yes, would have absolutely, seen. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I always feel the need to apologise, yeah. by the way. No, don't, uh, Anna, because we, we, so are, we are as engaged. I think it's fair to say that most people in Ireland are as, uh, as engaged with this as people in the shires are Yeah, but you must north. look at it in... Abs- well, I think the whole world doesn't say, what the hell has happened to Britain? Anyway, last night's scenes. Really, the whole, uh, not just the scenes, but w- what had led to them. And then this complete confusion. And then one minute you have the chief whips resigned and she's, no, she's not resigned. Yeah. She's staying. Complete, total chaos, breakdown of party discipline, complete lack of authority. And it was, I think I had said last night um, to uh, one of your shows, television shows, that I didn't think mm. she would, she'd be gone by the, by the end of the week. And indeed she has gone. And quite right, too. And what's going to happen next, Anna? So apparently they're going to have uh, an election. I mean, I can't Mm. believe I'm actually describing all of this. But they're going to have an election next week and there'll be a new prime minister by Friday and then everything will be fine. Well, of course, it won't. (laughs) Who do you think? Um, You think you can't carry on like this. And who do you think the new PM will be? God knows. I mean, if they've got any sense, Mm -hmm. we could debate whether the Conservative Party has any sense left. They'll settle on uh, Richie Sunak because he came second to him. That's true, yeah. yeah. Um, but that doesn't mean to say they will do it. I think it must be likely, though. Um, but then you don't know whether the um, the, the, what I, the hard line, um, ideologically driven, slightly mad in my view, hard Brexiteers will then mm. put up with Sunak. So there'll still be arguments, division, and, and chaos. I think the chaos may not be on such a scale, but there will still be those difficulties. And that's no way to run any government, but in particular, in the middle of such an appalling cost of living crisis. Because as every day goes by, ordinary folk have found themselves in a position whereby their food bills have gone up by 14%. And because of the actions of this appalling government, people are genuinely worried about whether they will also be able to make their mortgage payments if they have tried to buy their own home. So that all carries on, and you've got this government that is just, frankly, not fit to govern, and the Conservative Party is not fit to govern. And you can't just swap your leaders, like, you know, it's Buggins' turn, who's going to be Mm. captain of the football team today. Um, And that's why the only way through it is to have a general election. And that's what we need. But there's an 80-seat majority. You, you've been, you were in Westminster long enough to know the ins and outs. They ain't going to give that up easily. Well, you're right, of course. Uh, and, of course, you know, most people are not turkeys who are going to be voting yeah. for Christmas. Literally, um, it is. As good though the Labour Party did that in 2019. Oh. I think, it, it's, I think it's, it genuinely is up to the British people to, to say whether or not they can tolerate any more of this uh, appalling carry-on. Um, and, and my, I mean, all I know, I mean, I, I work, I'm back working as a criminal barrister. Mm-hmm. All I know is that I went to court today and every single person that spoke to me about what was going on, was mm-hmm. just saying, this is appalling. This ca- we cannot go on like this. And that's why, you know, yeah, let's have a new prime minister. Let's put Keir Starmer in number 10. At least he's competent, he's decent, he's honest. And it will give us stability. But, but the, one of the patinas we put on it here in Ireland is that Brexit was, is one of, the, one of the reasons for the chaos. Oh, do, it, you, do you hold with that, definitely. Anna? This all, the, the, the demise of the Conservative Party, which was I, I was a member of mm-hmm. and was very proud to be a member of, and I actually first joined when I was, I think, 19 or 20. 
and has, it's one of the great political parties of the world, is, is in absolute meltdown. And you can absolutely trace it back mm-hmm. to that day, that dark, awful day in 2016 when um, 52% of those that voted decided we should leave the European Union. Because then what happened, truncated version, of course, was that basically those people who had been obsessed about Europe and had been campaigning for decades for us to leave the European Union, they had won control of the Tory party, not just that referendum. And this is the the consequences. Liz Truss, who I know she said that she supported Remain, but her views were always well known. She is part of that tranche of belief in this peculiar free market right-wing hugely ideological mm-hmm. uh, view of things that included are not being members of the eu because they don't like all the sensible regulations and they wanted you know, this uh, this con this idea that you know we weren't free to make our own decisions which is not true uh, any more than it is in ireland where you have your your mm-hmm. your parliament passes laws. Some of your listeners won't like it, but uh, anyway, in any event, but that that is the the continuing sovereignty that we do enjoy, as, uh, or did enjoy in our, in my case as, as members of the European Union. Anyway, they are now in in charge of the Conservative Party, and this is the inevitable fallout and consequences. Anna, one of our earlier callers, you wouldn't have heard him. He's from the UK, though he was Irish. Had had sympathy for Liz Truss uh, as uh, in human terms, like she stood there in number ten, just over outside number ten, just over an hour ago. Having I don't know whether you saw the photograph from the London no. the London Times yesterday when she was in the back of the oh yes I did the, see where that. she looked uh, completely uh, beaten. But on a human level, it's an it's, and I know she'd be well compensated. I understand that. But on a human level, it's an awful thing to go through, isn't it? To be so publicly humiliated. I'm look. I'm an old pragmatist, okay. and I, I was all, like to think I have compassion. Um, I'm afraid I don't feel. So you're not okay. I tell you why. You know, you don't put yourself up for office. Yeah. unless you believe that you could do the job. And yeah. the lack of self-realisation and self-understanding is is marked. And so whilst obviously the public humiliation is awful and you do feel, you do feel for somebody in, the, in that situation, she is the author of her own downfall, like, the, like her predecessor, Boris Johnson. And you know, Liz Truss wasn't up for this job. She just wasn't yeah. up for it. She was. She didn't have the quality. Well, eighty that we was it eighty-two thousand members of the Tory Party, ordinary decent members said she was. Well, the trouble there is, I'm afraid to say, that the Conservative Party membership has been there. It's huge amounts of infiltration. Okay. Um, and people by, by who Anna? <coughs> and people, sorry, by whom? Yeah, by whom? Sorry. Oh, yes. Yeah. You've got um, all the, largely people behind Brexit, almost, well, almost exclusively. Okay, so okay. in my own association, after I had left, they, um, well, I, I, I knew there were new people joining and we didn't know who they were and, wh- and where they were from. Uh, but we didn't like their views because they were right-wing nationalists and obviously pro-Brexit and anti-immigration to a scale that was deeply unpleasant. Um, and by the time um, that they selected... Uh, a replacement for me, a replacement candidate. There, I, I know uh, members of the association who continue to be friends said one of the things that struck them at the meeting was that there were people there and they didn't know who the hell they were. Interesting. Um, yeah. So the party's been infiltrated. Okay. Um, but then it's been... So it's become the Brexit party. Uh, and, and, and people who'd left to go to UKIP had rejoined. But it has been infiltrated. Okay. And, of and course, she stood on this very simplistic... Populist... This, you know, of, of, let's just cut taxes and everything will be great. And, then, and Rishi Sunak said, no, it won't. And everything he predicted was he was proved right. Really um, he's a big character in in your politics. He's a big character here as well. And that's Jacob Rees-Mogg, Anna. Do you think uh, after next week he'd be able to spend more time in his, uh, in his country house? Yeah, I hope so. I'd like him <laughs> to take up permanent residence. <laughs> preferably somewhere many thousands of miles away. I always remember when I was in the Conservative Party, I used to look at Rees-Mogg 
Yeah. And I did ask myself what on earth I was doing in the same party <laughs> as him. Genuinely. And would he ask the same question, Anna? Probably not, because he always <laughs> gives this rather obsequious... He's, he is a horror show. And the idea that he's nice and kind is for the birds. That has never been my experience. Oh. Yeah, well, and I don't often say that about yeah. people, because there are people who I fiercely disagree with. He but has a he has a ruthless streak, has he? Mr. He has a ruthless Ruth. streak, but he also has a completely dispassionate, uncompassionate streak in him as well. And I genuinely think we have a big problem in the United Kingdom now with too many politicians at yeah. the most senior level who haven't got an haven't got any form of idea yeah. of how ordinary folk live. And so when you say there are genuinely people who are sitting there wondering how they are going to be able to afford yeah. to eat and heat through winter. They don't understand that. Okay. They've no idea. They've got no concept at all of the lives of so many That's ordinary yeah. folk. Okay. Anna Subri, uh, thanks Thanks so much. Thank you so much. That's Anna Subri, former uh, uh, member of the Tory party, former minister as well. Uh, thank, thank you for your time. One more break before we go. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Dominic Reeves, a former Attorney General, former MP, obviously now sits as an independent. Dominic, good afternoon. Thank you so much. Quick question, Dominic. Uh, One of the latest lines uh, flying across here is that Boris Johnson has said that he is reported, sorry, as saying that he's interested in standing again. How do you react to that, Dominic? He may wish to stand again, but he is largely the author of this present chaos. Uh, He presided over the Conservative Party in a period when it went into sharp decline from rationality, covered up by his lies, effectively. Uh, Not just his lies over things like Partygate, but far more fundamentally the manner in which he conducted government. So if the Conservative Party really does want to mm-hmm. finally put the final nail in its coffin, it will go to selecting him as its leader again. But I rather hope they'll have more sense than to do that. And earlier, one of our contributors, Fintan O'Toole, I'm sure you know, said that um, since Brexit, uh, David Cameron, uh, Theresa May, Boris Johnson, uh, Liz Truss, the four worst prime ministers ever in the history of number 10. Yes, I think I think that um, I'm not sure I would quite say that of of Theresa and yeah. even of David. Although David's mistake uh, with the yeah. referendum was of a fundamental nature, and Theresa was a very honourable lady who was seeking to do her very best. But there's no doubt that the decision by large sections of the Conservative Party to back Brexit is the start point of a descent into chaos, of which we're now seeing okay. the final product, and that is in my view, threatens to destroy the Conservative Party completely. Wow. And so what what will happen next? The BBC are now saying in the last minute or so that the membership may have a role in in electing another new leader. And you know the opinion poll said they they would elect Boris Johnson again. If if they go to the membership, I find it difficult to see how they can do that in the six or seven days which are required by the nature of the crisis. And uh, they may well end up with the wrong answer. But the parliamentarians have really got to get to grips with this and they have got to make a decision if they wish to preserve a semblance of competence to the Conservative Party to get round somebody they're prepared to accept and to follow that leadership. And if they're not prepared to do that, then we're going to head to a general election because it won't work. And Graham Brady, or Sir Graham Brady, is saying that there will be membership involvement if there's, if there's two candidates... What are the chances of an agreed candidate, do you think, Dominic? Well, I have no idea. They're going to have to find an agreed candidate because otherwise I think that they're going to be the laughing stock of the electorate who will just be absolutely horrified uh, by what they've been doing. Okay. Dominic, thank you once again. I know you're always very generous with your time in Irish National Radio and I appreciate your contribution today. Back tomorrow at 1.45. Brenda Dunhill, producer Ray Darcy's next. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie. 